Hey, folks, what do you think? Let's go to Dang Song. All right, go to Dang Song. Ooh, ain't got no hope. I know they know. I know face wrong. I'm a lonely boy. I ain't got a home. I got a voice. I love to sing. I sing like a girl. And I sing like a frog. I'm a lonely boy. I ain't got a home. Checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Time in America. It's coffee time. And I like Coldplay. I don't really like Coldplay, by the way. I don't even really know Coldplay. I know two songs. I asked Colin a question about Coldplay, and all of a sudden... There's like a revolution. I don't know. I like Coldplay about as much as I like Rush. <laughs> Good morning, folks. It's Friday. Glad to have you here. Good morning. Uh, end of a work week for a lot of people. End of uh, a non-week for me. Um, okay. Uh, today is Friday. November 11th, 2022. Happy Veterans Day to all who served. Veterans, I take my hat off to you so you can see my bald head. I bow to you. Thank you. I have a couple of shows at different vets facilities today. Uh, And we are going to get hit with a tropical storm here. It could screw things up. Anyway, good morning to you. Good Friday to you. I hope you enjoy the weekend. Uh, see who's in the chat room. We got a couple of people in the chat room already. Kelly and Kevin, a uh, big surprise there. Now Kevin is saying we got to get Elon. I wanted to talk about Elon because he had a impromptu. All of a sudden, everybody in the company on Twitter meeting yesterday, which is kind of funny. Uh, it's funny and serious. But uh, Kevin is saying we got to get Elon to buy Fox News next. Uh, Listen, I don't watch Fox News. I will never watch Fox News. But right now, I'm loving Fox News. I say leave it alone. 
Uh, Fox News right now is um, at war with Trump. Trump is also at war. All of Murdoch properties. Uh, looks like the, the New York Post is uh, about done with Donald Trump. And I love watching that. I love watching Trump meltdown, uh, seeing how this is a guy who loyalty, it was always been a one-way street, and now he's seeing somebody dump him before he dumps them in a big way. And it's just beautiful to watch. I mean, the the level of uh, victimization, self-victimization that's coming out of Trump, the, uh, he feels the wall closing in on people not loving me anymore. It's just too much for him to take. Listen, I had never, I've never said this before because I never even thought it before. Narcissists, I've, this is uh, this is a thought I've had before. Narcissists often, or sometimes more more than more than you would think, end up doing themselves in. They do. It's true. But I never thought Donald Trump had it in him. The last couple of days, I think Trump has it in him. Rather than go to jail, rather than be indicted, rather than face the abandonment of his beloved cult, he might like the taste of lead or some other way of doing himself in. He might. I'm not saying he will, but it, if you read his tweet, uh, tweets, whatever he, whatever they call them on True Social, um, man, he's a deranged character right now. He was always crazy. He was always stupid. But he's uh, that on mega steroids right now. So uh, Kevin's saying we got to get Elon to buy Fox News. I say no, leave Fox News alone. Let the war happen. Stand back, get your popcorn, and get ready to uh, enjoy uh, the dismantling of a big fat blight on America, on the world. Um, uh, I mentioned the post. The post stole my material <laughs> joke thieves uh yesterday's headline was uh, uh trumpy dumpty uh trump couldn't build a wall now he's can the gop uh rebuild itself i used that in 2015 when he first announced he was running basically word for word uh the cartoon was similar it's on my facebook page i gotta find it and just point out how, I, you know, did they steal it from me? Obviously not. They don't know who I am. But just the coincidence of, I predicted this seven years ago. Uh, it surprised me that it took seven years to get to this point where people started to wake up that, hey, you know what? He does lose everywhere he goes, except for The Apprentice. Because, you know, reality TV is for suckers. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, Kevin says, put your uh, hat back on. You're blinding this veteran. Well, um, oh, we could turn out the light. Ooh. Um, <laughs> it's Friday, and I have to, as I mentioned, I have a couple of shows for at the vet's uh, facilities today. And I'm going to be cutting this short. I just want to kind of, uh, I wanted to be, make a present here today because I am trying to rebuild the show in its original time after destroying the show for a fucking movie that will never see the light of day. Never even be finished. Never even be edited. I make mistakes like that. We all make mistakes. Um, I have not built, uh, booked a guest uh, for this morning, I'm booking guests for next week. Booking guests who don't show up, it's a pain in the balls. No, no two ways about it. And it's last night on my show, after a good week on Mind Dog TV podcast. So, well, the first two nights were, were good. Then, then I went into uh, QAnon lady or uh, uh, Patricia Corey, Patricia. Not Patricia, Patricia, Corey, on uh, Wednesday night, and that was no two ways to describe that. It fucked up, crazy. 
uh, QAnon level conspiracy theorists. The problem with the conspiracy theorists uh, is if they mix in enough truth, just to pepper it with enough real truth, you can get a lot of suckers uh, on board. And that's what Flat Earth does. And that's what she was doing. She was basically bringing up a lot of um, genetic science and and the fact that um, we are doing experiments on all sorts of uh, living organisms for genetics and DNA and all that kind of stuff. But she went on uh, to make some really outrageous claims, not the least of which is that the dot in your television that receives the remote control infrared signal is a camera spying on you. <laughs> well, I don't have a television, uh, and I've made it very clear that I welcome a camera spying on me. I, if I know it's there, especially if I know it's there, I'm going to do a show for it. I'm doing a show for... Uh, for as many people right now <laughs> as I would be if somebody at Sony was monitoring my bedroom or my living room or whatever room I had the television in. Uh, but a lot of crazy claims like um, Bill Gates. I don't know why Bill Gates is always the evil one. I, I you think Bill Gates is going to live forever because what is his end game? What is his point of doing it? But uh, Bill Gates is supposedly involved in engineering human 2.0 as part of the new world order oh my god it's hurting me to even talk about this stuff anymore anyway the show the evening show was going good until wednesday night when i had that one and that was kind of kind of amusing to me at the time because i was very stoned having the conversation but in the aftermath i knew it would fuck me up it's like i hate to be mean to people who were guests on my program or derogatory say derogatory things about them but that woman was crazy just fucking crazy um sorry uh not that there's anything i like crazy people uh kevin says i'm tired and evil villain welcome evil villain welcome back uh somebody was um huh, evil and evil i said evil Evil N, Evil N O two. Now that O two, that's probably part of the um, the Bill Gates cult. He's been he's human two point right? That, oh, he's got O point two or O two, not two point Anyway, so maybe he's not part of that. Uh, Kevin says I'm tired of the beta version. I'm ready for upgrade version two point Are you really? Because she she put that to me. Uh, no, I'm a lot nuts, Mike. Good morning, Mike. Uh, in the best of ways, uh, good morning, uh, Michael. Now, um, I got to address this before. I, I'm going to forget what I was talking about. I've already forgotten what I was talking about. But Zinn had uh, Peter Bales on last night. And um, good interview, good show. Very good stuff. Mike, has, uh, got his, his show is growing. I should I suggest you check it out. Um but he had Peter Bells on last night. And it's like having Hitler on and not addressing Nazi Germany. No, nah, I'm not comparing Peter Bells to Hitler. Uh, I'm just trying to think of big things. It's like having Barry Bonds on and never talking about baseball. It's like having Paul McCartney on and not talking about music. He did not ask Peter Bells about the one thing that makes Peter Bells a living god. Barbara Eden. Yes, Barbara Eden. Listen, not just Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden in her prime, really. Maybe a little past her prime. She was in her 40s, mid-40s, when a Peter Bells allegedly banged. I dream a genie! You don't have that on your resume and ignore it. That is the highlight of your resume. That is who you are. Listen, on my gravestone, it, it would say, he banged Jeannie. Even if 
it was only one night. And, then, and listen, I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn on this matter because, in one sense, he's a god because he banged Jeannie. I'm, I'm knocking the desk over. You see me? This is how emotional I am about this. He banged Jeannie. But on the other perspective of it, he blew it. He asked her for her number. He, that, was, that was a mistake. Don't. Play it off like, eh, no big deal. I fucked Jeannie. Yeah. Do it every day. Tomorrow I'm going to fuck Bewitched. Um, Samantha Stevens. Um, that's how you play that off. You play it like, no big deal. Yeah, I fuck perfect women every day. This is what I do. No big deal. I don't need your number. That's how you play it. But instead, he asked her for a number, and she gave him a little pat on the head. Oh, Peter. Which is kind of... So, in one sense, he's the Barry Bonds of of the sport of, of fucking celebrity women. He's, he reached the, the top of Mount Everest. And on the other perspective... He blew it. He blew it. He should have never asked for her number. This is all I would talk to him about. This, If I have Peter Bales on, and I probably will at some point, the entire show is just going to be about show me your dick. Show me the dick that fucked Barbara Eden. Uh, I want to know play-by-play. Play. Uh, I want to know every single account of how it happened. You know. First of all, the first move. I want to hear about the first move. I want to hear about undressing her. When the, when, when the nipples came out, tell me about when you first saw her nipples. Where, what was? Did, did you want to call home and say, Ma, I made it, Ma. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a little. Uh, um. We'll take any sport. <laughs> Olympics will take any. But seriously, no. Uh, Zin, as far as I could tell, Zin did not bring it up. I did not see every second of the program, but I don't think Zin even asked him. So you fucked the queen of all fuckabilities. Oh, man, you know how many people, how many guys in America, just beat off, just <laughs> beat their dick raw thinking about fucking Jeannie. I, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Uh, the amount of masturbation that had to have happened in the 1960s and early 70s over Barbara Eden. And then you know a guy who actually... Now, it must not have been very good because she didn't want any more of it. That's not surprised. Now, I'm not putting Peter down. I like Peter. He's a great comedian. Um, but when I even I look at images of him in his prime, I said, Barbara Eden? That dude scored Barbara Eden? Listen, I don't know how to... Now, if... I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain how... What a, an achieve, a life achievement. If I had done nothing else with my life but fuck Barbara Eden, I, I would feel like I served humanity enough. I've done enough. I, this is the reason I was born. And there's nothing left for me to do. This is... It's like discovering nuclear fusion or, or being the one to invent a process for uh, safe nuclear fusion. It's like, you're welcome, world. I fucked Barbara Eden. Where do I go to wait to die? Uh, there's nothing left for me to do. But no. Didn't want to talk comedy. <sighs> so tonight he will have uh, William Conway on. I believe it's tonight. And if he does not talk about getting your nut shot off, I will know that Zin just is mailing it in. You got to talk about the important things. You could, you know, talk about jail, talk about comedy, blah, blah, blah. If you don't talk about getting in a, a shootout and getting your 
ball shot off. You've missed the essence of William Conway. If you don't talk to Peter Bounds about fucking nailing Genie. Uh, I'm all distracted now. What the fuck was... Oh, Elon. (laughs) It's Friday. Have some coffee, folks. Oh, speaking of coffee. Before I do forget, because I forget a lot. Uh, Are you kidding me? Mike is saying there's probably a lot of SEO power in, in fucking... Forget about SEO power. It will... It's like an exorcism of the demons of a generation of American men. That's what you you would be serving humanity. Get call bails up and say, hey, you know what? We had a good show last night, but we're not done. Come on back for ten minutes. Let's let's heal humanity here. Uh, it's very important to me. It's a very important issue. Uh, anyway, Psycho Writer Three. There you go. Psycho Writer 3 Espresso. Yeah. Psycho Writer 3 Espresso.com. Uh, it's more than coffee. This is the Barbara Eden of coffee. Uh, and I don't put that lightly. I did put that lightly. I'm just fucking joking. You won't, you won't ask for its number, and then it'll say, nah, sorry. <laughs> you weren't that good. <laughs> oh, my God. That hurts. Wait a minute. I got to fuck Jeannie, and I'm never going to get to fuck Jeannie again. Now, that has nothing to do with coffee, by the way. And I'm sorry to confuse Psycho Writer 3. I apologize for even mentioning fucking Barbara Eden in the same breath that I'm plugging your wonderful product. This wonderful product, Psycho Writer 3 Espresso. It will help you ride your bike across Vietnam, if that's what you want to do. Um, and uh, Kelly, where's my uh, dry cleaning? PT. 1320, it's like John Kennedy's boat, or PT-109, PT, she's, on Veterans Day, she's calling out boat names. Um, Kelly, pay attention, and and if you're going to pay attention to the show, pay attention to the show, if you're going to pay attention to the customers, pay attention to the customers, and if you're going to pay attention to coffee, pay attention to psychowriter3espresso.com, there you go. I think that's enough of a plug. Now, Elon, I'm, not, I'm all fucked up with Barbara Eden now. Um, it's going to be one of these days. I know. 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 Um, Elon had a call, like a last minute call. Nobody does it. If see, the word genius has been used to describe Elon Musk, and I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't see any genius in the man. What I'm seeing is a complete idiot. And I'm not saying that because I don't like his politics, which I'm not even really sure what the fuck his politics are. And I will just say this about his politics before I even get into this whole ramble about his mismanagement and business and all this stuff and how you're supposed to conduct yourself in business. His politics are not driven by politics or issues. They're driven by his bottom line, his dollars, his pocket, his the, the pennies in his pocket. Even though he has a quarter of a trillion dollars or whatever, every penny counts for him. And why he is a Republican now when he was in the Democrat or on the Democrat side for a, lo- a long time. He called himself an independent, but he was mostly supporting Democrats. Now he supports Republicans, all of them. Why? Because my friend Laurie Garver, who was on the program, was an assistant administrator at NASA. When he was trying to get, he was already getting subsidies, billions of dollars in subsidies from the United States government to build his SpaceX program. And Lori put a cap on that. And she was working under the Obama administration. And Musk has not forgiven that because she really put a tap on billions of dollars he was getting. So now he's angry. This is all it's about. It's not about political issues with him at all. It's about the fact that Democrats got in the way of me stealing money from the American people. That's that's his political motivation right now. So whatever his ideas about 
abortion, legalized gay marriage, uh, gun rights, all that stuff. I don't think he really cares about any of that shit. What he cares about is making money. Making more money, more money, more money. It's like he wants to die. He wants to die with more money. Maybe he wants to buy himself a new life. I don't know. Maybe he wants to be human 2.0 and bridge himself with a robot. Go to Mars and be the only... I don't know what his real motivation is, but money is at the bottom of it. Uh, Yeah. So this, this. Now, um, so he had this meeting yesterday, a panic meeting, kind of uh, crazy meeting, last-minute meeting where everybody in Twitter had to show up. And he he says, basically, he wants to make it, he wants to turn Twitter into something that competes with YouTube for content creation, which is stupid. It's just fucking stupid. First of all, I don't know how to, how to even start here. Creating video and creating that kind of stuff takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and it takes, not everybody can do that. Now we have billions of people on YouTube, but not everybody is successful. Most people are, the majority of those billions of people couple of billion people or whatever, a billion people on YouTube are producing content that sucks and is making no money. It's a waste of bandwidth. Maybe even this. (laughs) Although I just have to say I got a 30 30 million views uh, banner from YouTube just last week that I didn't even know about. Uh, But most people are just putting up fucking crap. Just putting up crap. The majority are. And it takes a lot of work for them to put up crap, put up stuff that nobody's interested in. So there's that. And then the rewards for that and the amount of ad dollars, it gives ad dollars to to YouTube, but the creators are getting nothing out of it. Compare that to Twitter where all people only have to type in, I drink beer, and it will get more views. Uh, what's is easier for people to do? Cr- go out and create a video that nobody will watch or do a, I drink beer and it gets, I don't know, a couple of thousand people, views on it and shares and whatever. It's easier to type a few stupid words on Twitter than it is to create a video. So to ch- think you should compete with YouTube, which is a much different beast is you know you're changing the entire business model from what Twitter was, and he's trying to paint it as Twitter was not successful until he he bought it. The fact of the matter is, Twitter was more successful until he bought it, and from the moment he bought it, it started to be less successful. Now he's trying to claim that usage is up, and that proves that people uh, that it's a viable platform because of him. He's making it more interesting. Maybe there's something to the short-term effect of people wanting to see this guy be a train wreck every day. But that won't last. People won't be, a year from now, people won't be tuning into Twitter to say, what is that idiot Musk talking about today? It just won't happen. And it's a, it's a um, Andy Warhol type of experience where it's it's hot in the moment. A year from now, it'll be a, a distant memory. Oh, remember when Stupid Musk was trying to make something out of Twitter, something different out of Twitter? Now, when you buy a company, and this is this is true across the board, you either know a lot about how to run that company because that's been your passion, or you hire somebody who does. You could take Zuckerberg for for as an example. Zuckerberg built Facebook. He didn't know what he was building at the time. He didn't. He had no idea where it would go. He can't just dump that off and give it to somebody. Somebody can't just come into Facebook and know exactly how to run Facebook. Who's never done it before? Who has? Who's been in? You know, electric cars and spaceships. That's not their business. You go into a new business, you know nothing about it. If I bought a restaurant, I don't know shit about the restaurant business. I need to hire a manager who knows that business. Musk has made the 
rookie mistake, and th- this is what tells me he's not a genius in any sort. In in business, you don't take over a business with your ego. You can't think you know how to run every business. So he's got ideas. He probably smoked really good weed. Listen, he reminds me, his behavior now reminds me of a pothead who was just getting stoned out of his mind and coming up with these, wow, it would be great if we could turn into, like, YouTube, man. That would be so cool, right? Yeah, dude, we, could, we could have, like, content and shit, and people who created stuff, and we could pay them. We could pay them pennies, and they, uh, you know, wow, give me another hit. Yeah. That's, this is what he kind of reminds me of. So the YouTube thing is his, was his first important message, all-important message, that he had to get everybody in Twitter to drop what they were doing, to join this meeting. Uh, Then he came out and told them the company was expected to have negative cash flow in the billions for the next year. So basically losing billions of dollars while we try to compete with the biggest company in the world (laughs) for what they do really well. And they have tens of experience at it and we have none. he said, I'm a big believer in having a maniacal sense of urgency. So if you can do it after the meeting, I would do it after this meeting. Just a maniacal sense of urgency. Like if you want to get stuff done, maniacal sense of urgency is just, ah, hardcore. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, I understand urgency. That you definitely have to have some urgency to get things done. You have to have some passion and drive and all that stuff. But this is what he's telling his, his employees. Get it done after this meeting. Make us YouTube. If, when you go back and the meeting is done, you go back to your desk, push a button and make us YouTube. Figure out how to do it. Get it done. I'd love to see ads for gizmos, he says. Even if they're not that great, I'll still buy gizmos. I love technology. I'll see content for gizmos, but not an ad for an ability to actually buy the gizmo. So then I have to send it to my assistant, like, please buy me, please buy this gizmo. This was his urgent meeting. Everybody, everybody in the company, stop what you're doing. Come listen to me tell you I want to buy gizmos, and I can't figure out how to buy gizmos. Wait, this is the genius? The genius can't figure out how to buy gizmos from his own site? Uh, it's it's mind-blowing. And so he goes, um, you may have read that I, I sold a bunch of Tesla stock. The reason I did that was to save Twitter. Not because I lack faith in Tesla. No, that's a lie. The reason he did that was because the big car companies of traditional times are going to be coming out with product. Electric vehicles. That will be more efficient for cheaper and more affordable so that you won't have to be making six figures or more to own an electric vehicle and a, an electrical vehicle, electrical, electric vehicle that will last longer on, on the same amount of charge. And, you know, basically all that stuff that Tesla is, is dealing with, they will be able to do it for cheaper, more efficiently than he will. It's a tough thing because he's one man. He's not, a group of billionaires like they have they have a group of billionaires with bigger with fairly deep pockets compared to him not 240 billion or whatever the fuck he has but uh, maybe i got 80 billion and Saul's got 80 billion and the other guy's got another 80 billion and before you know it oh we got a trillion fuck you musk we have more money than you do i know that's hard for him to accept <laughs> That any, but it's a group. There's one man competing with a group, um, and then he comes back to the issue that is trending on all the news uh, services today. It's about in the business stuff, business news, remote work. He tells his employees that if uh, if you can show up in any office and and you do not show up at the office, resign. Resignation is accepted. End of story. Basically, putting a, an end to remote work. Now, 
I've been wondering about remote work because I did I did a lot of it long before uh, the pandemic and all that stuff. I was a guy who was a big fan of, of remote work for me, but I liked my employees and the people who worked for me, uh, my team, to all be together in the same room so that while I was working generally right here, uh, I could contact, I could have meetings with them and they'd all be in the same room and all be collaborating on stuff. So um, as much as uh, I hate to admit it, I had pretty much the same mentality that Musk had on this idea of, uh, yeah, remote work is fine for me. I'm the boss, not for you. That being said, the pandemic, and I asked a lot of people this question because so many were, were starting to work remotely who never had before. And doing some kind of surveys, and productivity is really, really difficult to be objective about and measure it. Because if you ask people, they will tell you, yeah, I was more productive working at home than when I was in the office. They will tell you that. But what does the actual measurement of productivity say about that? And how do we accurately measure that? The collaboration with the team is product productivity, even though a lot of times you don't have a physical manifestation of that, no way to actually represent that, but it's important. So I'm still not 100% convinced that productivity will go up with more remote work, but I'm definitely more in the middle now than I was when I was in that world and being the the boss who was working from home while his team was in the office. Uh, but it's a big issue now, and it's it's uh, in business news. They're talking about it big time today. Is this fight over remote workers and a lot of companies? are giving up the fight and looking for a new way to compromise on this issue. And what do I mean by that? They were looking for tracking software. Now with me, because I was not a CEO of any of the companies I work for, but uh, high enough up that I, I could say I'm working from home and if you don't like it, bite me. And basically everybody had to do it because everywhere I go, and this is not, it sounds like an ego statement, but it's not. Everywhere I go, I create a dependency. I'm like heroin. <laughs> Once I get into your company, you hate me, but you got to have me. <laughs> uh, and this is what's happening with, with this studio that I'm working for right now. They hate me, but they can't let me go. I can't get fired. I I can go in and punch the CEO in the face today. And it's still... <laughs> They would still say, uh, I hate that fucker. Can't, we can't let him go. Do whatever he says. Do whatever, whatever we want. This is what uh, I create wherever I go. Now, I, you know, it sounds fucking like an egomaniac. Maybe I'm an egomaniac then. I'll, I'll own it. Um, listen, there's nothing for me to be uh, an egomaniac. Egomaniac. Egomaniac about it. I can't even say egomaniac. Because I haven't had enough psychorated to be espresso yet. Um. Where they go? Oh, on the remote stuff, though. And most of them are giving up the idea of trying to force people to come in again because they, they do realize that some, some people are more productive working remotely. Not everybody. Some people are. But they want to track people. Now, when I was doing it, again, that's where I started to say, I was generally, even though I was using machines at my my house, I was using TeamViewer stuff, so the machine at work had to be on. So the CEO could walk past my office, open the door, look in, and see my computer work and see what I was doing on it. Uh, even it would say, you know, on, on in conference right now, on a phone call, all that kind of stuff. They could tell what I was doing in the moment, and that didn't keep me focused and more productive. So that's the way most companies who are embracing the idea of remote work are now. Tracker software, 
I mean, listen, it's probably a little too much to ask a CEO to go walk past every cubicle and say, oh, what's going on on their computer? And part of the idea for some, part of the upside for a remote work for a lot of people is they spend less on equipment. That shouldn't be the case. Like people are using their own equipment at home. The allergies are starting to kick in. I got myself wound up. The Psycho Rider 3 coffee is really fucking good, man. Uh, it will make you uh, take a big healthy shit and then ride your bike across Vietnam. I'm telling you. I'm going to do it. Right after this program is over, I'm getting on a bike and I'm riding straight across Vietnam, whether you like it or not. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, Musk is not a good business person. And he's not a genius by any stretch of the imagination for what I can tell. Uh, you know what? Genius is Stephen Hawking was a legitimate genius. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, you, you can go down the, the list of people in science, but that doesn't mean that science is the only discipline for geniuses. It's just that's where I know where legitimate uh, geniuses come from. Uh, you know, and we overuse it in the sense, you know, I heard Kanye West was a musical genius. Give me a fucking break, man. Give me a fucking break. Musical genius? Mozart must be fucking, like, his dust must be. <laughs> no. But, so we overuse the word in a lot of disciplines, but no, nowhere more than, like, people with Musk. Like, Musk, you know. I had uh, a Joseph uh, Sassoon on earlier this week, probably Monday night, fucking long time ago now. Joseph Sassoon is part of a, a family called the Sassoons. Duh. That was a genius thing to say. Anyway, uh, the Sassoons were at one time, not that long ago, and this is, might come as a surprise to some people, The one of the most wealthy family. They were like the Rothschilds. Rockefellers, they were kings of the world, of the Ottoman Empire. A merchant family who was worth the equivalent of billions and billions of dollars today. And they went broke. And I asked uh, Joseph about, because he wrote a story, uh, the story about the Sassoon family, their rise to extreme wealth and power and their fall from it. And I asked him if he believed in luck, and he said, Absolutely. You can, you can be a genius. You can actually be a genius. And like Tesla, Tesla died fucking broke. You can be uh, a idiot and be Donald Trump. Now, wh- how much money does Donald Trump actually have? More now than w- when he decided to run for president. He is worth far more now because of his endless grift. But he will die compared to me, obviously, or compared to you if you're listening to this program. Donald Trump will die a very rich man. Hopefully soon. <laughs> uh, hopefully by his own hand. Um, but soon. Uh, but rich. Uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm wishful thinking of it. Right. Anyway, the point is, luck plays a big part in it. Being in the right place, being in the right time. You know, a lot of times, like with Steve Jobs and even Bill Gates, who was just, Bill Gates was just a manipulator and a guy. He was the Carlos Mencia of uh, tech. He was the guy who recognized good, good things and adopted them as his own and did whatever it could, whatever he had to do, use whatever advantages he had to adopt those good things as his own, make them his own, even though they weren't his own. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into getting super wealthy. It's not genius all the time. Very rarely is it genius. We see Einstein, not a big money guy. Uh, Hawking, not super rich. None of these uh, real geniuses end up with a lot in the bank. Oh, that was the other thing. Oh, Musk wants to turn Twitter into its own bank financial uh, institution. He's just like, again, he's acting like a fucking pothead. 
you know, it'd be really cool, man. <laughs> Not like a, a business genius. Anyway, so that was my rant for this morning. Did you enjoy this? I like to go back to talking about Bob Eden and fucking Bob Eden if I could, but I can't because I never did. I know somebody who did, but now after this morning, I'm probably never going to get him on the program, even though uh, I could call Jackie up and say, Jackie, get Peter on tomorrow. And uh, Peter's first inclination would probably be, sure, I'd love to talk to Matt. And then he'd listen to this program and say, fuck Matt, I don't want to talk to Matt. <laughs> He's just going to bust my balls about fucking Barbara Eden and how come I struck out the next day? <laughs> That's not how Peter Bell talked, by the way. That's a terrible impersonation of Peter, Peter Bell. I'm sorry. I'm just hung up because... When I was a kid, well, I, I, if I'm going to be honest here, and I, I always am brutally uh, self-unaware uh, and and undressing myself, uh, Mike's going to tell him. Mike says he's going to tell him to do my show. Yeah, but don't tell him if you're going to. do I appreciate that. And listen, I, I I have my own inroads to Peter. Uh, I could add Peter on a bunch of times here. Um, I haven't asked him. But I'm sure I could get him on. That's Don't ask him to listen to this program, though, because if he listens to this episode of Coffee with the Dog, uh, he will hate me. He will hate me for, for the way I characterized his tryst. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? This coffee is wrong with me, and I'm not even drinking it. Um, oh, as I was saying, if I'm perfectly honest, stupidly honest and i am stupidly honest a lot but that's damn good coffee um before barbara eden elizabeth montgomery was my thing but I, that's just aging myself um first boner i ever got was over a tv guide tv guide magazine cover of elizabeth montgomery uh, I, I found, I, you know what? Somebody posted that, uh, TV guide cover on Facebook, not too long, not too long, a couple of years ago. And I saw it, I was like, wow, that was my first boner. <laughs> anyway, she was before Barbara Eden, but then when Barbara Eden took, and the belly button and the genie outfit, listen, the genie outfit, when I was a kid was like in. And your parents always be like, uh, he must really like that show. He must be really into the whole genie thing. (laughs) The genie outfit was boner maker. It was instant boner. It was like before there was Viagra for children. (laughs) For little boys, uh, there was I Dream of Genie. So... Uh, then, you know, then after, you know, puberty, fucking the gate floodgates were open. And then basically any woman, any woman who was not morbidly obese or uh, just really like ugly, like she got hit in the face with a bag of nickels, any woman could probably uh, trigger that I dream of genie response just by walking by, just by saying hello. Just by acknowledging my existence, that's what puberty does to young young boys. Anyway, so if I'm being perfectly honest, Barbara Eden was the second, not the very first, but probably the most powerful. And so, uh, yeah, if I have Peter Bales on, the entire conversation would be about that. I don't care about your fucking comedy, dude. I don't care about your fucking podcast you're doing now. I don't care about your life experience. I don't care if you got married, had kids. I don't care if you're successful, not successful. Let's talk about the time between your show ended and Barbara Eaton came up to you and said how funny you were. Through the time when you said, that was great. Can I have your number? And she said, no. Nah, <laughs> I wanted to say I want to know every moment that happened in that sequence. That's what I and hopefully get some resolution on uh, 
a boner got bad. A boner got bad. I'm going to go do some work or something. I have to go do some shows for the veterans today. Happy Veterans Day. For everybody, thank you. If you served, thank you. If you didn't serve, fuck you. <laughs> if you didn't serve and you're not giving back to the veterans, fuck you. Some way. Listen, it doesn't take much. You don't have to go do like what I do for them. Just show up and talk to them. Let them know you appreciate them. Especially for me, the vets from the Vietnam era. And this is where Psycho Rider 3 comes in. Psycho Rider 3 rode across Vietnam because he wanted to go touch base with Vietnam. The vets who came back from Nam who were vilified by this country need people like me, people like you, if you didn't serve, to go and tell them, first of all, I understand what you were caught up in. I don't really understand it, but I'm trying to understand it. Uh, What you were caught up in, what you were asked to do, and then the fact that you came back to this country and were treated like shit by people who didn't have to go through what you had to go through. A lot of them were drafted and went against their will. They had the choice. You can either submit, go to, to fight people you don't know, kill people you don't know, or we can, you can go to jail or to Canada. Those are your choices. What, what are you going to take? And a lot of them went to fight and kill people they didn't know and, and were vilified for making that choice. And a lot of them went to Canada and were vilified for making that choice. And at least some of them went to jail and were vilified for making that choice. Who knows what you would do in that situation? But the fact is, uh, I feel a certain obligation to try to heal the scars that I was too young to inflict on them, but my country inflicted on them in so many ways. The trauma of a war that was beyond what warfare was up until that point of the the insane numbers of of dead and wounded and different kind of uh scars that people had ever seen before with all the chemical agents and all that stuff and we 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 didn't treat them right we didn't do right by them so this this is one day a year you get to say i appreciate what you did i'm sorry for what you went through um and I, I do anything I can to help make it up. And I, and it should be more than one day a year, and it is for me. But if you can just do something for a vet, and if you can do it for a Vietnam vet, I salute you. That's my soapbox ridiculous talk for today about Elon Musk and Barbara Eden and Peter Bales. What a fucking trio that is. I think Peter would get, uh, well... I think Peter would get the uh, <laughs> the Musk dick in that. <laughs> now he's definitely not coming on. In that, uh, if that uh, menage ever happened, it won't be. Uh, well, Mike I forget your view old for the for me for me it was the girls on Zoom on Zoom. Uh, was Zoom a te- television show? I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know that. Kev, I uh, retweeted the best idea for today, in my opinion. Well, now I'm going to have to go to Twitter and see what it was. Why couldn't you just say what it was? I'm so mad at Kelly for your Coldplay comments. For... Listen, first of all, I, before I go, I have to get this straight. I'm not a Coldplay fan. I don't even know their music. I know two songs. One, because my wife liked the song. And one because uh, it was just on repeat for a while. And uh, I got to learn those two songs. And I thought they were catchy. But uh, yesterday I was asking Carl. Carl is a very uh, astute taste in music. And he's, he's a good guy to bounce ideas off. And we were talking about 90s music. And I thought Coldplay was actually a 90s band. He clued me in. They were more like 2000, blah, blah, blah. Kelly and Craig get on this because Craig's a rush guy and he's mud honey guy and whatever. He's he's a harder edge kind of guy, even though he brings up Nancy Sinatra and some 
1960s Julio Iglesias type of guy doing. He is, for the most part, a harder edge music fan. And then I'm getting pushback about, like, I'm a Coldplay fan. I don't even know Coldplay, okay? I just want to say this. I don't know anything about Coldplay. But I do think they were successful for a time and a big name, because I know the name, because they were big. So, uh, Kelly and Craig, go smack yourself with your anti-Coldplay propaganda and your perception of what I was talking about yesterday, because I was not, I was not rah, rah, rah for Coldplay. Never have been, never will be. Okay. That, now I feel like I, I'm ending like a Peter Bell's whimper here. I feel like I saw Barbara naked. I saw when her nipples came out. And then Coldplay came on. Show's over. I'm going to go play for the vets. Well, it's Friday. Just remember, always remember, I want you to never forget. Always remember and never forget. Well, there's a couple of things. First, every day you got to get it in the truck and you go to work. And then uh, remember to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.